I'm Steve Corona, and this is The Dev Show. There we go. How about that? There, I'm, it's starting with that. That's how the interview's going to start. <laughs> You're gonna get five, you're gonna be in so much trouble. Yes, I want the Maserati. Yes, I want the Academy Award. I wanted it when I was 12, and I still want it to this day. Steve, welcome to the Dev Show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Um, right off the bat, okay, I want to ask you, have you ever considered doing voice work? Hmm. Yes, I've considered it, and I've done a fair bit myself. You've done okay. What? What? Is there <laughs> yeah. anything that I would know? Oh man, you know I've I've done so much. Uh, mainly audiobooks. I right. did a couple last yeah. year that were really really cool. You should check them out. Just search me up on Audible. Um, man, I've done you know some animation work, some uh, some car, some uh, commercial work. So just kind of like a lot of everything. You know, I'm kind of one of those actors where you like you'll hear my voice and you might not recognize me right away, but I'm kind of everywhere. Right. So. I mean, you got the voice for it. That's the first thing that I that I realized. Did a lot of people mention that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I used to do uh, interviews at radio stations for like theater shows I was in coming up. And the DJs always, you know, off air after after the interview would be like, man, you have a good voice for radio. You ever consider that? And I'm like, why? Yes, I have. In fact, uh, you know, are you hiring? Right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like I, I never was really into like being a radio DJ or anything, but I always knew that I kind of had this instrument that I could use and manipulate and play with so um yeah i mean I, I knew a long time ago that that this was going to be something that would help me out in my career for sure sweet awesome man now i wanted to ask because um i mean it's kind of an elephant in the room but how did your year go with your last name oh right <laughs> yeah man um you know at first it was it was interesting because Nobody knew anything like we were figuring it out as we went. And sometimes the kids at school were a little bit mean to my kids, you know, like, oh, your last name's Corona. Like the virus is named after you. It's all your fault. And I'm like, where's the oh, science man. behind that? Like, what kind of logic is that? And then I have to remember, like, these are stupid little kids, you know. But uh, <laughs> honestly, for me, it hasn't been a big deal. Mostly people kind of laugh it off. And they're like, ooh, ooh that, that must have been rough for you, you know, this, this year with your name all over it. <laughs> And so when I would tell people like it's Corona, like the beer, not the virus, you know, yeah. and then they laugh or whatever. Um, but the coolest thing was actually uh, this last year, 2020 in December, I got to be on set of, of a show called the harder they fall. Oh, nice. also with Netflix. Yeah. So cool. And the director, James Samuel, uh, he also goes by the bullets. That's his, uh, you know, musician name in London. He's, he's a, uh, a musical artist and so i walked up to him first day on set introduced myself he's like oh, what's your name i'm like oh steve steve what corona he just <laughs> looks at me no it's your year mate you know <laughs> it's your right. year so i thought that was funny i, I kind of laughed it off and he's yeah. like wait if you're steve corona then i'm jimmy covid so we just kind of laughed about it and it was like our inside joke on set you know yeah uh so that was kind of fun, you know. It's like the perfect and the not perfect joke for a cocktail party. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, is it too soon? I don't know. We're still living through it. So I know. Well, anyways, let's get uh, dive into. I know it's uh, it's passed a little bit. It's not as recent now, but Army of the Dead. You got to work on on that film. Came out on Netflix. I watched it. Great film. Great vision by Zack Snyder. What was it like working with him under his direction? 
oh man, you know, when I got the call that I booked the role, I was like, oh dude, Zack Snyder, you know, uh, Justice League, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, right? Batman versus Superman, 300, like so many amazing films he's either directed or produced, written. So I was just stoked kind of as a already sort of a comic book movie, you know, fan myself. Um, but I was just excited. I'm like, okay, what's it going to be like to actually work with him? I'd seen some of the behind the scenes footage from these other films he'd worked on. Um, so I was just excited. And when I actually got to meet him, he was so cool, so laid back. So like, he wanted to know my input. He was very collaborative, very interactive. He's like, okay, so here's what we need to shoot in the scene. Like, here's the angles I need to see. How do you want to play it? You know, right. I'm like, cool, this is great. Like I get to play, I get to be an actor. And, you know, a lot of times you work with directors where it's, it's very like micromanaging, like you need to do this. You need to say it exactly like this. Let's move on. Right. Especially for smaller roles. But uh, Zach was really, really cool with everybody that I saw him work with. It was the same way. He wanted to know how we saw it evolving and how we, we uh, planned on, you know, playing the part. And it was really cool that we got to do that. It's always good when you have a laid back director, someone who actually cares about your, your, your feelings, I guess. Yeah. Um, but obviously it turned out great. It was a good success on Netflix. And you were, you were mentioning that um, you're working with Netflix still now in New Mexico. What's the deal there? Can you spill some info? Oh, man. Listen, I mean, all of us, uh, you know, New Mexico actors out here, uh, we we were so stoked. I mean, Netflix has been making movies here for years already. Of course. Um, but they, they never officially had a studio. Then they, they took over the Albuquerque studios. They bought it and they're expanding now. They're adding more sound stages. It's huge. And so uh, they, they committed to I forget how many productions over the next like decade. So like they're here to stay. Um, and I, you know, I love them. You know, I will never cancel my Netflix subscription because they keep on hiring me. So right. why would I, you know, I got a little bit of loyalty there. They've cast me, I don't know, like three times in the last couple of years uh, in various shows. So it's been fantastic. I love it. And the studio is amazing. I mean, it's top notch. It rivals anything in L.A., honestly. Yeah, it would be top notch, I guess. Hey, eh? I haven't been on uh, on a Netflix studio or studio myself is there i don't know if there is one in canada i'm in niagara falls canada i think there is i want to say maybe sure in vancouver maybe in toronto possibly yeah you've played it you've played an architect you've played a nurse you've played a groom a bartender a cowboy the list goes on do you have a favorite i mean it's always cool being able to be a part of a disney film right uh so when i got cast in the lone ranger that was epic, but it was a little confusing because uh, in the audition, I had like pages and pages of sides and, you know, memorized tons of lines and very like interactive with one of the lead characters. And I was really stoked and Jerry Bruckheimer's in the room. And then I booked it and I'm like, oh, this is going to be huge. And it still was. It was great. Gore Verbinski, fantastic director, you know, visionary, just very much like Zack Snyder. Um, <laughs> but then I found out my part was going to be completely silent. So right. you'll see my mouth moving on screen. But it's all uh, narrated over because it's during a flashback scene yeah. where the, the chief is explaining, you know, Tonto's past. And I'm a flashback character of one of the, uh, the lead uh, villains in the film. Yeah. So it was still tons of fun. Got to shoot in a lot of different uh, locations. And it's Disney. So everything's, you know, epic and big. And it was really, really cool. Like, I really felt like I was in the movie, you know, in this time mm -hmm. period. So surreal. And working with Johnny Depp. I mean, you know, Did you get like every actor's dream. Or... Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. So his last day of filming was actually one of my first days on set. 
And so he was going to be leaving. I'm like, man, if I don't talk to him now, I'm never going to have my chance. Right. So I had a PA introduce me and we just sat and chatted outside of his trailer for a few minutes. I, I told him how I was a big fan. I mean, my kids and I, you know, we love the, the Pirates movies. Of course. And I, I just happened to have a copy with me. And I'm oh, like, no yeah, way. I'm watching it in my trailer. He's like, oh, you, you want an autograph? I'm like, yeah. So I went and grabbed it real quick. And he's signing it. And he's like, how do you spell your daughter's name? So he actually wrote it out to my, my daughter, which nice. is really cool. She was three at the time. She didn't know. But now she's looking back. She's like, wait, Johnny Depp wrote this out to me? Like, I have his autograph. It's really cool. So yeah. kind of a fun little, you know, unintentional little gift there. So it's something to cherish, too, definitely talking to Johnny Depp of, of all actors. I mean, yeah. can't, get, can't get more A than that. Exactly. Very um, prolific. But you've worked with a, a wide range of actors. Uh, you also got to work with Aaron Paul. Did you get to have a conversation with him? What was it like working on? I'm sure it was fun. I don't know if you can yeah. go fully into detail, but how was that? No, I, I can tell you. Yeah. So so when I met him, because I'm, I'm playing this hospital orderly that, that wheels him out to the chair, uh, yeah. uh, in the wheelchair, out to the curb, <clears throat> you know, is uh, season three, episode eight. If you'd like to smoke, you need to be another 20 feet from the door. So roll me further, bitch. Uh, he just got beat up. He's got like this big swollen, you know, eyeball. And uh, it's obviously it's a prosthetic. It does, you know, it looks real, of course. But yeah. so I walk up to him, I introduce him. Hey, man, I'm the orderly. I'm going to be pushing you out to the curb and we'll have this little conversation. He's like, yeah, cool, man. Um, he's like, hey, let me give you some advice. Like, yeah, cool. I'm, you know, young actor. This is one of the first roles I ever booked. Really? I'm like, cool. I'll take all the advice I can get. Right. He's like, hey, if you ever have to wear one of these things, these prosthetics over your eye, don't open your eye underneath it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm like, this is random. And he told me, I guess he had it on the, the day previous. They were shooting part of, you know, another scene that he had to still have this on. Mm -hmm. And he said he accidentally opened his eye and he got an eyelash in and it was like scratching his eyeball up all day. At the end of the day, when they took it off, it was like all bloodshot. So he's like, yeah, don't open your eye underneath these things. I'm like, solid advice, man. <laughs> right on. That's, that's cool. Yeah. What are you working on right now? We haven't really talked about that much. Sure, sure. Um, well, actually, earlier this year, in 2021, uh, I got to play Sherlock Holmes, which was really cool. You know, really? iconic really? character. Yeah. Of course. So I, I, I co-wrote a show uh, for theater with, uh, you know, the owner of a theater company here in Albuquerque, uh, Sherry Costales. And so she and I, and also another good friend of ours, Kara Sowers, uh, the three of us wrote this, this play, because uh, we realized, I think it was like 2014 when um, it was ruled that our, so our, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and his Sherlock Holmes characters were now public domain, so anyone could do whatever they want with them. So we, we took an original Conan Doyle story, and we just kind of put our own spin on it. We used a lot of the same characters, the same basic premise, but we moved the setting. So it was originally, it was called um, the, was it the Adventure of the Norwood Builder or something like that. And we changed it from this guy, uh, this, this rich architect from his mansion into a London theater, like okay. circa 1910, uh, around there. And so it was like a, this variety show, which is really cool because the theater company I did it with, they're a dance theater. So they were able to put a lot of really cool, you know, dance uh, right. elements into the show. Um, and so we're solving this murder in a theater, in a London theater. So it was a lot, a lot of fun. So we, already, we originally staged it in 2017 when we first wrote it um, for theater. But then this year, we, we put a little uh, rewrite on it and we filmed it. So it's a filmed theater production. A uh, lot, lot of really good fun. Uh, you know, just being able to play Sherlock Holmes. I actually got approached by a fan who uh, he collects Sherlock Holmes autographs. So actors who have played Sherlock Holmes, 
this guy, I'm like, how did he even find me? You know, this is like this obscure kind of local production, but he's a detective. Uh, so he, he right. got to the bottom. He found me and I, I sent him an autograph. It's really cool. I'm in his autograph book next to like Benedict Cumberbatch, you know? That's awesome. uh, so Yeah. So that's been really awesome. Sweet, man. That's really cool. Did you get to perform in front of an audience? No. So, I mean, it was, you know, because it's kind of, it's COVID time still. So we filmed it uh, just at the studio uh, with just the, the cast and crew. And so mm-hmm. there was no live audience there, uh, which was kind of an interesting sort of combination of my, my theater background because yeah. we, we staged it like a theater show, but filmed. So there's the cameras interfaces and everything, which I'm used to from being on set, you know, on, on films and TV shows. So for me, I loved it. I was like, cool, this is the best of both worlds. And a lot of the theater actors were like, oh, what, what's going on with this camera right here? You know, uh, so we had to kind of get them used to that. But um, yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. Is that it for the for the film and just you're just going to leave it out of film or would you ever kind of like to do it on on a live stage well yeah i mean we've done it once already live um so this theater company they, they kind of like cycle through their scripts so i'm sure another maybe four years or so they'll have me come back and play sherlock again um yeah they, that that company does a lot of really cool shows i did sorry to take a little tangent here but um she also wrote another show sherry called the shoe room a really beautiful uh, uh kind of terrible show about world war ii and so she visited the uh, the holocaust museum and there's this room just full of shoes and you know think about all the stories uh from the the people who wore those at one point and so she kind of made up some of it but she also did a lot of historical research and i played uh, dietrich bonhoeffer who was you know uh, a pastor at the time in in germany and he struggled with like well you know i'm a christian i follow god and so i shouldn't be killing people but at the same time like maybe there's a point when it's okay Mm. to plot against Hitler and take out one man and save millions of lives. And he and his family actually did save a lot of people, got them out of the country, you know, had to sneak them out, all this kind of stuff. And it was just kind of a heartbreaking show, but um, very important. And it was cool afterwards. So we did this live and a 96 year old lady came up to me after the show and shook my hand and she thanked me. And she said, she she thought she was seeing Dietrich Bonhoeffer again because she actually shook his hand the the actual Dietrich Bonhoeffer he was in New York at one point and she got to shake his hand and she shook my hand I was like wow this is crazy just like full circle you know like the life force is passing you know I don't know but um very kind of special thing to be a part of well that's probably you must have felt I don't know. I spoke with an actor, sorry, uh, an author and an artist named Ashley Bryan in a documentary that I'm working on. And he is African-American and, and he stormed the, the beaches on D-Day. Well, the mm. African-Americans, they were sent in uh, first to clear the landmines before <sighs> the whites could come in because it was a segregated <sighs> army. Um, and I don't want to give too much out because you've got to check out his book. But when they were returning home from France on the, uh, on the, I don't know, I think it was the train. Once they got to the trains, the Nazis were in a higher class than the blacks. And so it just goes to show the craziness, like just how segregated it was, how unfair it was. But to get to my point, um, the feeling that you ha- you get when somebody that actually lived in those times comes to you and, and t- speaks to you, it's like so rewarding and I'm sure you felt that. Yeah. And just like humbling, like, wow, what, what a crazy life you've had. And mm-hmm. for you to come and, and, you know, thank me for my art. Like, yeah, I'm humbled. 
And it says something about you too. You know, you did a good job. I'm sure if you did a terrible I hope job, so. they wouldn't have said anything to you. Yeah, they'd be like, okay, let's go home. Yeah. But but yeah. Um, on a lighter note, uh, you said you're a big comic book guy too, right? Movies, comic book movies. Yes. Did you? So did you have a preference between Marvel and DC? And I have another question after that. <laughs> I know that's okay. The All right. <laughs> you know. Uh, that's a hard one because I love them both, to be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm a little biased. I, I always loved Marvel comics growing up. You know, I was a big Doctor Strange fan, my yeah. favorite. You know, his name is Steven. My name is Steven. He's, his last name is Strange. I'm Strange. There you go. So, there, you know, I had that connection. Um, and then when Benedict Cumberbatch was playing him, I was like, oh, my gosh. One of my favorite actors is playing one of my favorite characters. So, a little biased that way but then i got to work with zach snyder who's all about the dc universe i'm like oh man so you know i, I love both I, I can't really say i love one more than the other they're both awesome and i love all of them i think i've seen all of the comic book movies right. um if you okay so if you could get a role in one of the upcoming marvel movies we're just <laughs> just shooting random questions out Ooh. now what what movie would you would you like to be in you, you gotta you gotta think though Who's directing it? What movie is it? Because there's Doctor Strange too, right? And that's directed by Sam Raimi. And that's going to be freaking awesome. Because obviously, I think you see my Spider-Man figures in the background. This is the yeah. Raimi figures. Yeah. So what one would you want to be in? Well, you already said it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, man. I, I'm sorry. Anything Doctor Strange. Obviously, I can't play Doctor Strange because that role's already taken. I mean, the multiverse, anything, man. Yeah, right? Hey, the multiverse. I could be a, a alternate version of Doctor Strange be, or something. You play Doctor Strange. I think so for sure <laughs> uh i mean other than that like i always wanted to be in a spider-man movie growing up too same right. thing as you you know sam raimi fan uh the the original toby Maguire, you know franchise i loved it growing up so man it's it's too hard for me to pick i mean maybe if you give me some options i could, I could throw them at you but I, right now i would say any of the comic book movies i would be thrilled to be in any of them right cool have you gotten to travel quite quite a bit with your career or you know, funny enough, actually, most of the work I've done has been here in New Mexico. Okay. Um, I only actually traveled out of state for Lone Ranger. Yeah, they, Disney flew me out to uh, to L.A. to shoot part of that. But then part of it was actually shot here in New Mexico on location, too, and, and part of it in Colorado. So it's kind of all over the place for that one. But, yeah, I mean, it's the work is here. It's mm -hmm. It's been sustaining, you know, enough that I can just work as a local from New Mexico. So um, I haven't had to travel too much. No, uh, I'll travel for, you know, for pleasure, for family vacations and things, but not a lot for work, honestly. Mm -hmm. And being a voice actor as well, I got the microphone right here. I'm in my studio. So I work from home all the time. So I, I'm cool with that. Absolutely. I, well, I was going to ask, is, um, is there any place that uh, you would like to see or like to go and act in? Hmm. Do you like to I mean, I get a little jealous. Yeah, I get a little jealous sometimes when my actor friends are like, oh, I just got back from Morocco or, you know, wherever. I'm like, well, that's awesome. Or uh, I, I can't think, like, where do they do a lot of productions over there? Um, I mean, anywhere in Europe would be amazing. You know, Spain, England, uh, Germany is gorgeous. Italy, you know, Canada. I'd love to come to Canada. Eh? Come to, I mean, you know? I, hey, yeah, you know, come over to Canada, <laughs> get some Timmies, play some hockey. <laughs> Do the Canadian oh, I would things. love what what was that that um that uh, poutine is that what it's called poutine or poutine got don't want to half yeah. it's half and half you kind of okay you just got to go go in the middle poutine I mean that looks amazing what do you what do you got like a plate of fries and some cheese curds and gravy and like what's not to like right 
Have you? So, so you're saying you've never had poutine? I've never had it. It looks amazing. Oh man! Well, we're gonna you get gonna you send some... me a plate. <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't know Might how well it tastes that. after the mail, but um... yeah, be a little soggy. So, do you do you write? I do. Yeah, I've written a couple of feature films that are being shopped around. Um, co-wrote, you know, this, this Sherlock Holmes show that yeah. I told you about. Yeah, so mostly I collaborate. I, I don't actually write a lot on my own. It's mostly like a friend will come to me and be like, hey, man, uh, you know, you're funny or you're good with dialogue. You know, mm. uh, you, you want to come and, and work on this thing with me. And so, yeah, I'll sit down and hammer out uh, some scripts. Cool, cool. Sure. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit of uh, your story of how you came to the realization that I want to act? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You know, it's funny, people from Milwaukee, they, they drop the L and they just say Milwaukee. Right. Uh, <laughs> rolls right off the lips, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. So I grew up in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and, uh, you know, fourth of five kids, and I was always sort of the entertainer of the family, cracking jokes, telling little stand-up comedy things. And I always knew I wanted to be some kind of performer, actor, and uh, so I just always had a love for it. There was this cool atmospheric theater in Milwaukee. It was called the Avalon Theater. It was really cool. You walk in, it looks like you're under the stars, like the ceiling is painted and Why it's got like tw twinkling Avalon. lights. Have you heard of it? Avalon, the word Avalon I've heard of. The, the Avalon Theater, is that a famous theater? I mean, it's it's one of a handful of these kind of atmospheric, like it was built, I think, during the um, uh, art deco period, you know, really cool, like stylized, you know, golden age of movies sort of thing. So that was always sort of romantic to me, like, wow, this is cool. Like I'm stepping back in time every time I go to watch a movie and I would see the movies on the screen and they just captivated me and like right. spoke to me in a way that they didn't to anyone else in my family. They're like, yeah, that was fun. I'm like, oh, that was so cool. Like I want to go to Jurassic Park now. And, you know, and, and I want to be one of the actors on the screen who affects other people in the audience the way that these actors are affecting me. So I always wanted to do it. And then I pursued it, you know, went to college, uh, moved to Minnesota, uh, met my wife there, which is of course great. Um, and graduated from Minnesota State University with my master's degree in theater acting, which is kind of ironic. They didn't really have a film program, but I always wanted to get into film. So I love theater, but I also love film. And I'm like, okay, now where do I move? LA, New York, maybe Chicago. And my dad had moved down to New Mexico ahead of me. He's like, you know, New Mexico is kind of a well-kept secret. You ought to come check it out. I'm like, sweet, okay. You know, I only ever intended it to be a stopover on my way to LA. And here I still am, you know, 15 years later, I was in 2006. So moved down to, the, to New Mexico, got the agent, started doing the auditions, you know, got to know the casting directors. Um, I elects. In, in college and I loved it. It like really spoke to me. I was like, whoa, this is cool. Like, you, you know, I, I always grew up as one of those kids who could just mimic right. and like do the thing and like, oh, look, I'm doing an English accent, you know, yeah. uh, or whatever. And, and I could just jump into it. So it was a kind of a natural skill. But then when I learned, I'm like, whoa, there's like a, a method for learning this mm -hmm. and kind of visually like breaking it down really, really cool to me. So I learned dialects. I spent like a whole year in grad school learning it for myself as an actor. Uh, but then I got down here and I got the chance to actually use it as a coach. I'm like, oh, never thought about that before. Um, so there was a, a film shooting here called Gamer uh, starring Gerard Butler. Oh, I and did see a I, picture of you and Gerard Butler. Yes, yes. So I got a call and they're like, hey, um, uh, we're doing this film and there's a Scottish actor. Maybe you've heard of him. His name is Gerard Butler. I'm like, 
yes, of course. Right. Totally stoked. I'd seen him in 300. I'm like, this is awesome. So they brought me on and, uh, and I started coaching him. You know, he had, he had to do an American accent and he sounded very Scottish. You know, he had to really tone it down a lot. Uh, so I had to help him with his American. And so from there, you know, I got to work with Helen Mirren, got to be her coach, just totally, you know, mind blowing. I'm like, this is crazy. So I've sort of followed both paths, the dialogue coaching and the acting at the same time. Um, and so both of those kind of together have really helped me in, in the New Mexico film industry. So there you go. Sweet. Cool. Is there anything that you want to promote, like your personal uh, pages or websites? Yeah, like that? I'll get a, I'll get you, give you the floor. You know, it was a bad year for a lot of people in business, especially like retail spaces, physical businesses. Uh, but I actually started a business. I launched a business online because I saw the need. I saw a lot of actors who were now not being able to get on sets or theater actors who the theaters were shut down. They couldn't go do their craft and they were transitioning into voiceover, mm. and, but they didn't have the training, right? They only had right. the background in theater or film. So I thought, well, I've been doing, uh, you know, voiceover for years, uh, about 15, 16 years at that point. And uh, I've actually been teaching classes as well. But at that point, I was teaching at a school physically. And I thought, well, I can do this online. Why not? So I launched a business called Southwest Voices, uh, southwestvoices.com. And I, yeah, I teach, you know, audiobook narration and dialects. And my partner, Michelle, she teaches animation and co uh, commercial and, you know, video games. It's really, really cool. So we're teaching kind of the, this new wave of actors how to use their voices. They already have the acting training. Mm -hmm. Now it's adding the, the voice acting specifically and how to interact with the mic. And um, it's really, really been cool. And, and I, we've been seeing a lot of actors flood through the gates. So I'm loving it. That's awesome. Do you think I can do it? You think I have the voice for it? You, listen, here's the thing. <laughs> listen, Devin. Um, I tell everybody that if you really want to do it, first of all, that's the thing. You got to want to do it. You got to have the passion and, and the commitment to do it. Because mm -hmm. if you're not going to put the time into it and you don't actually love it, don't waste your time because it can be very difficult. It can be a challenge, just like acting. I mean, getting on camera is not easy either, right? But so if you love it and you're willing to put the time into it, yes, absolutely. You have a voice for it. Um, with all the different genres, you know, there's e-learning, there's uh, audiobooks, video games, commercials. It, it's everywhere, right? Yeah. So you just have to find kind of what your genre is or genres, multiple uh, mm -hmm. possibly. And then, yeah, man, just buckle down and do it. Absolutely. Well, let's talk. <laughs> I know let's a guy. Talk. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Would you say, you know, the, the standard, uh, I'm Steve Corona and, and this is, this is the dev show, but you choose the voice. You choose, you choose. Oh, okay. Let's see. Accent. Would be very sophisticated. I'm Steve Corona and this is the dev show. There we go. How about that? There, I'm, it's starting with that. That's how the interview's gonna start. It's gonna, Love it. It's gonna go over my over my intro. Listen, I'll give you a couple, and you choose what you like. All right, let's see. Um, okay. All right, all right. Let's go. Let's go Scottish. You know, my good friend Gerard Butler. All right. Uh, I'm Steve Corona, and this is the Dev Show. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe let's try like a little uh, like German. Yeah. Let's. Uh, okay. So, I'm Steve Corona. Yeah. And this is the Dev Show. <laughs> you should watch it <laughs> how many accents do you know 
man, I don't know. I lost track. People would ask me that. And it used to be like, I don't know, like 10, 15, 20. And I just learned, I I love learning so much. So I keep adding them to my repertoire and I keep doing like, I'm in and out all day, you know, ask my kids. (laughs) They're like, Oh, there goes dad again. You know, is he Irish? Is he French today? I don't know. Who knows? Um, So I probably can do like about maybe 30 just uh, at the drop of a hat, which is really helpful in auditions. Um, (laughs) You know, Hey, can you actually do that in, in a Southern drawl? Wow. Yes, I can. Sure. Right. Or, uh, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, Can you do it like a New Yorker? Yeah, of course I can. You know? Oh, hey, look over here. So uh, I here's what I say. You you tell me the dialogue you want me to do. I've told this to casting and they know that I, I can actually deliver on it. So they're like, can you do this? Like if we call you back, can you do it in like a, you know, French accent or something or something I haven't maybe done in a while? And I'll be like, yeah, give me like if you can give me a day, then I can come back and do it for you. And they're like, okay, great. And they know I can other actors. They'd be like, yeah, sure. Right. A day. And you're going to come back and do it. But um, just because I've learned kind of the method of learning it right. and how, how, how to be able to jump into it. So. So give me the French then. Cause we're, fr- okay. we're French up here, right? Oh, we, so- we, oui, oui, of course. All right. Um, so um, I am Steve Corona and uh, this is uh, the dev show. Very good. I have to say my, my papa is, so French, there's like a little language barrier, but not much. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Hey, très bien. Thank you very much. Um, it was a lot of fun. Do you want to shout out your social medias before I wrap up? Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on Instagram and Twitter, I am at the Steve Corona. That's a good way to find me. I'm also on Clubhouse under, uh, let's see, what am I there? I'm Super Steve. So find me on Clubhouse. I'd love to chat you up, man. Thank you guys for watching the Dev Show. Uh, this is Steve Corona. You <laughs> make sure to subscribe below. Uh, hit the button. Hit the like button. I don't like asking for this stuff, so you know what to do. I'm Devin, and I'm out. Mm-hmm.